Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. We're going to talk about extreme hospitality this morning. Why don't you take your seat in the presence of God? We've got an amazing guest with us today. Everybody say hi, Ryan. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, Ryan. So as well as all of that stuff we've talked about this morning, as well as um, sending more funds off the mortgage of this place, as well as um, preparing for this August special event, in the last uh, four weeks, we sent firemen, 20 or so firemen, to Kenya. With firefighters. Firemen, oh, firemen, firefighters. <laughs> Firefighters. Here it goes. Yeah, Men and women. I know, I know. Just and being cheeky. They weren't Sorry. all firefighters over there. There were, there were no, medics. No. There were other people as well. But yeah. you, you can tell the story. So, um, so we, we sent them all out with three um, fire appliances. Are they, that's, there's no gender in that, no? No gender. A fire appliance. Fire okay, appliances, right, gender so, neutral. Gender neutral, gender fluid. We're, we're all good. So um, we don't mind a bit of that. So... Anyway, so we sent three fire appliances. You saw some pictures. I wonder if they could scroll, but Ryan's with us because he went on the trip and he's going to give you a little report this morning. So let's welcome him. Is that all right? Yeah. Thank you very much. So I was, well, first of all, I'm Ryan. I'm from Biggleswade on the other side of Bedfordshire, really small town. And I was part of the team that went from Bedfordshire, supported by yourselves, um, it's a very important role that you played in supporting the trip, funding all the transport for the fire engines to get over there, the shipping. And I'm just here basically to report it was a massive success. It was an incredible experience for myself. And to be able to go over there to towns and huge areas, counties that have no fire service, no emergency services at all, and then to be able to give them something, start from scratch, and to start building it up, it was an amazing feeling for myself. And I've got nothing but praise and thanks to everyone that helped put that together. All the team, all the funding. And if you gave money towards that, that's a massive pat on the back from me Why to every one of you. Why don't you give yourselves a massive round of applause and appreciation? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a picture of the team just before we got... We arrived in Maru, which is where all the fire engines initially started off. And then we separated into three groups. Uh, I was in the team that went to a town called Chuka, and that's in a very large rural county called Tharakaniti. And we started off with very basic fire service there. They already had one fire engine that was funded by yourselves previously, but they only had three firefighters who had received basic training and we were going to refresh their training as well as teach another 11 people completely from scratch. So that was a big task, a big challenge, and we needed to get a lot done in a short space of time. And we've got various pictures on the screen of just the local communities. I believe this is a thank you ceremony for the team in Maru and they handed their fire engine over to them. And yeah, I don't know if anyone's got any questions, but I basically took part in the training, taught them how to put ladders up, how to operate the fire engine, 
how to use road traffic collision, big car cutting equipment, how to give basic first aid, a real variety of things we taught them, like all basic stuff, but extremely important. And it's no good sending these fire engines over there without sending the firefighters to train them how to use it, because it's quite complex machinery. So that was vitally important that we go over, over right. there I with I remember them. when we started the project with you guys and Ray and all the team, we met and we, we, goes, we wanted to send these fire engines over to Kenya, but we were like, you can't do that because you don't know what they're going to be received. There was no fire service when we began this project. Um, so it was important to us that we built, built something on the ground that meant the fire appliances were used properly. And that's kind of what you've been there to do, right? Absolutely, yeah. So Fred, who's the, uh, the chap, who used, uh, he lives in Dunstable, doesn't he? Yeah, who organized this whole thing from working in a big team. But he's obviously from Maru and from Kenya. So from my perspective, he saw a problem that needed fixing and look to people that could help him to do that. You know, his hometown had no fire. Nothing. No fire station, no fire service. And the majority of the country is that way in Kenya. It's only the very large cities which have an established fire service. So there's huge areas of the country that just have nothing at all. No, and the same goes for an ambulance service as well. Did you go um, on this trip? Did you have opportunity to go in and teach fire safety to schools or any of yeah, those yeah. types of things? So we had members of our team from Beds Fire who were, uh, they work in the community, like in Dunstable, Luton, Stopsey. They work all over Bedfordshire teaching community fire service to schools and to various different groups. And some of that team come with us and were able to go into schools. We also took a load of old laptops that were old Bedfordshire fire service laptops and laptops that were donated through various people. So... The same team that were teaching community safety were given communities laptops in schools that had never even seen a computer before, touched it and shown them how to use it, making sure they've got the knowledge to continue using it after we've gone. So that was very rewarding. And not only were we teaching the community, but we were teaching the firefighters community fire safety so that after we leave, they can continue the teaching. They can then go into schools, they can then go into the community and they can pass on that knowledge that we've given to them. So it's all about passing on knowledge, and hopefully the firefighters that we've trained will go on to train many more firefighters, and then we'll just continue that cycle of teaching and expanding the knowledge. Well, I just think as Comchurch, we'd like to thank the team from Beds Fire Service. Can we just raise the roof and thank, uh, thank them? Thank you. We want to thank you. Uh, yeah. We absolutely want to thank you. And... Um, I wonder whether we could do this. Do you mind if we pray for you guys and just pray no, a blessing no, over you all? Is Let me that just okay? say a big thank you to all of you because for me personally, that was an experience that I've, I've looked at my life and tried to do things that I think will make a difference, will be rewarding to me. And this experience and me going over to Kenya for the first time and doing this training is, is right up there in terms of things that have made me feel good and have been rewarding for me. So... Thank you for anyone who has funded the trip over years, who has funded this trip, because it's enabled myself and lots of other firefighters to have that opportunity and experience to, you know, increase our skills and our experience. And I'm definitely willing to go again, and I hope I will continue to 
help the trip and the campaign to grow and we'll do more good work out there. Let's stand, reach your hands out. Lord, we thank you for Ryan. Lord, we thank you for his team and all of the people that have given their time and effort. Lord, we just thank you for them. Lord, we pray that you'd pour out richest blessing upon them. Lord, we thank you for everything that they've sown in that country. Lord, I thank you that lives will be saved. Lord, people's lives and homes and valuables would be saved. And that community is in a better state because they went and they were available to you to be sent. And Lord, I just thank you for them. I pray, God, that you would um, keep them strong. And Lord, we pray for the opportunities to send them again, 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 and again. Lord, I pray that we would be blessed so that out of the overflow of what we have, we can send more and more teams like this to do such an amazing work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's hear it for Ryan and the team. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very kind. You may be seated. Woo! So much going on. I'm exhausted. My goodness. Welcome. I've got this word welcome. It's the com word. Welcome. This is what we're going to speak about today. I'm changing it. I want to talk about radical hospitality. What a great two words that is. I know sometimes we come to church and our life situations change and all of a sudden we think church should bend to fit my new life experiences. I've changed, so therefore church should bend to meet me. I don't necessarily see it that way. Our God is the same yesterday, today and forever and his word should stand in our community the same today as it always has done. And church is a part of keeping that steadfast in the center and the heart of our community, keeping God's word the same yesterday, today, and forever, steadfast in our community. And just because culture changes or my situation changes, and I'd like for church to bend so that it meets me in my new life position, it should stand and it should be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do I get an amen to that? We want to play the same games with the same people, don't we? We want to do life with the same people. We want to do life with people that see life the same way I do life. They're our natural friend groups, aren't they? We love the people that see things the way we do. They hang out the same way we hang out. They enjoy the same stuff. And that's what we love. We love it when people are like that. We want those around us that we're comfortable with. People that sound like us, people that look like us, people that smell like us. We like that, don't we? Like if, if they don't smell like us, we don't like it very much. I've noticed that. But we do. We like people around us. But this morning, I want to ask us, what is radical hospitality? I want to put it to us this morning that radical Christian hospitality refers to the active desire of us to invite, welcome and receive and care for those that are strangers or those that are strange to us, to welcome them in and for them to understand the riches of Christ the same way that we do. Radical hospitality is important. We need as a church to begin operating more and more radically in the area of hospitality, in the area of welcome. Who are we welcoming in? Loving and showing hospitality to those um, we would never associate with is radical hospitality. What makes hospitality radical is when we offer it to someone that we would never normally invite into our own friendship circle. 
somebody outside. There's an amazing story in the Bible found in Luke 19, and it's about, about a guy called Zacchaeus. I don't know if you've got your Bibles, either digital or um, in paper. Look, there's paper ones printed these days. Check that. Luke 19, it says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus, a tax collector. I know I'm not a big fan of tax collectors today. I'm not, the, I'm not a huge, I don't hugely appreciate the tax part of things. By, by January, the last day of the tax year, I'm scrambling around to make sure the tax collector has exactly what he needs. And, and I don't enjoy that process very much. And I don't think there are many here that do. But it was no different back in that day. The tax collector was a wealthy guy. And he was seen as the guy that takes everybody, takes from everybody and gives very little back. He was not the most popular, but he was called down from the tree to Jesus, and he was challenged to do two things. One, to offer hospitality to Jesus and to receive hospitality from Jesus in that story. He had to do both things. Jesus said, I want to welcome you. And he had the opportunity to say, well, I'm not going to welcome you to my home. But he did. He opened his home and it led to his salvation. It led to a life-changing experience for Zacchaeus. His hospitality and his willingness to have hospitality to Jesus changed that guy's life. And vice versa. I really felt like Jesus was saying, hey, the little guy, the little guy nobody likes in the tree, I want to offer you hospitality because I'm coming to your house. And I think that's an amazing story about how we should be. We should offer hospitality to the people that we wouldn't necessarily have in our people's groups. You know, Jesus, not only did he have the tax collector, but he associated with the lepers. He would often be found with young ladies that were prostitutes, where people would say, why are you hanging out with that type of people? Why are you being hospitable to that type of people? Church, we need to be welcoming to all because Jesus was welcoming to all. He allowed them to come close. If we shut our doors, how are they ever going to be able to draw close to Jesus? Do I get an amen? Radical hospitality. We need to become masters at it at Com Church. I think we need to have extreme generosity in our radical hospitality. And that, it begins at home. We can't just wait until we're collective as a mass 
to offer this, but it begins at home. I want to read another story. This is a great story. Matthew 26. If everybody's got a Bible, I'll give you a couple of seconds to find it. Matthew 26, verse 6. Jesus, while he was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money could have been given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What an awesome story that is. This woman had her life savings in a jar. Everything she had, I don't know how you keep your life savings. Some of you may have stock portfolio in the stock market. Some of you may have savings in the bank. Some of you may have no savings whatsoever and you live off your overdraft. I don't know. But we we keep our life savings in different ways. But this lady had her life savings in a jar of perfume. It was very expensive, very extravagant. It was out of the ordinary, and she broke it on Jesus' head. And everybody looked and said, why the extravagance? Why the wasteful spirit? Why is that happening? And Jesus challenged them that this lady was giving everything in radical hospitality of him. And he said, it's okay. It's okay. I want to challenge us this morning as we've already given We've already done the offering. We've already done the part where we want to bring our community in. But we want to break our life savings over the head of our community. We want to be extravagant in our blessings of them. We don't want to have a poverty mentality. This woman did not spare anything to break this jar of perfume on Jesus. How awesome is that? Extreme generosity in our hospitality and radical hospitality relies on us giving something that costs us something. It will cost you time to be hospitable, even to the people we love, the people that are close to us, the people that we really get on with, those people in our world. For us to be radically hospitable to them, we sometimes have to put what we want to do on one side and be radically hospitable towards others. Difficult. Who's met someone that's really got a gift for hospitality? Have you met? There are some people that just have a gift for radical hospitality, don't they? And when you walk near them, you feel welcome, don't you? You just feel welcomed into their world. Some people just have that gift. Sarah, we're not the greatest, are we? Are we not the greatest? Like, like I'd say we were more on reclusive than than like except in that way but my mum on the other hand is an amazing uh, welcomer of people she loves to bring people into her life that's what I'm talking about a perfect example of how we should be with radical hospitality we should allow it to cost us we should allow our 
our agendas and the things that we just love to do. Pop that on one side just for a moment to be radically hospitable to someone else. In this story of the alabaster box, there's something that I noticed that I think is really interesting. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, Jesus was already being hospitable and with someone that was already an outcast before he received the very thing that was the most extravagant piece of hospitality he has ever received. I want to put it to you today that when you begin being radical in your hospitality to someone else, you will start to receive some of the radical hospitality back to you. Jesus was in the house of a leper. He'd taken his time to say this person was an outcast. They had, the lepers were the people that were kept on the edge of the community. He'd gone, he'd actively gone somewhere to be hospitable to that was uncomfortable. They were the outcasts. He was finding the unlovely. He was finding the unclean to go and be hospitable to them. And in that moment, he found himself in the place where he received the most extravagant piece of hospitality that is actually says in that, that word, it's going to be told forever. This story is going to be told forever and ever and ever. That woman, little did she know when she broke that life savings on Jesus' head that her story would be told here to challenge us in Dunstable to go out into our community and to be extravagant in our hospitality. Isn't that awesome? It must start outside of church. I really believe that. If we're going to do welcome properly, we can't wait until we're collective. Sometimes um, it's easy cop-out for us to do it as a collective. We've got a board of trustees that met on Friday. We've got um, all different all parts of the organization that are looking at how, how much we can give away in the right-hand train track of our vision for us to have the great commission and the great compassion in our community for us to give as much away as possible to help people. We've got great structures for that. And sometimes that can negate the need for you to take personal responsibility for being radically hospitable yourself because we're doing it together as a collective. I want to say this morning that we need to be doing it individually. The people in our lives, we need to be letting people in to our lives that we care for and we care for extravagantly and we do radical things for them in our hospitality of our friends. The Bible says, honour your father and mother and you'll live a long, long life. How hospitality, do we forget to honour our fathers and mothers? We need to be hospitable for them. There's a reward for doing it, who are close relationships, we can do that, and then wider relationships, and then we need to challenge ourselves to those people we wouldn't normally hang out with. Think for a moment, I want us to take a little moment to reflect, have you ever walked into an environment you're new in? If you're new to church this morning, you're feeling a little bit unsure of this meeting, because it's new to you. Um, Who can think of an environment where you've gone into the environment and it's brand new, and you feel that feeling of uncomfortable. Is there anyone here that gets anxiety when you go into a new... I know a lot of people can really get anxious when you go into a new environment where someone's new. Come, church, I want us to be people that understand that feeling so that we help people that have that feeling. Isn't that awesome? We need to be aware that... That new environment, that something that's new, needs someone to come alongside and care and be hospitable. 
Do you know what? You're here this morning because someone showed hospitality to you. Somebody, when you first came to this church, said hello. They reached out to you. Maybe our host team did a great job of welcoming you. I don't know. But you're here and you're sat here today because somebody showed you hospitality. The least we can do is pass it on. What would make you feel comfortable? That's what we need to do for others when we're being radically hospitable and we're trying to create a welcome. I want to read Romans 15 verse 7 to you. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We've got to welcome each other. Are we welcoming? We've got to allow people into our space. I've heard that saying, no man is an island. Have you ever heard that? You can't live it by yourself. You can't cut yourself off. We have to be welcoming. We have to let people close. All people. I'm not going to go too long this morning. We're going to bring this to a close and begin to pray. So this won't take long. But radical hospitality shows that we aren't just about ourselves, that we want to share the love of God with others. Radical hospitality breaks down walls. Radical hospitality breaks down walls. Hospitality can be stopped because we think, oh, I can't do that for you because I haven't got enough money. Oh, I can't do that. Hospitality goes, I can't do that for you because I haven't got enough time. Radical hospitality kicks down those two blockages. It kicks down walls to get to people to be able to offer them hospitality. So if as a church and a collective body, we're going to offer radical hospitality to people that comes through, we're going to kick walls down to get to them. Those excuses need to fall away. It needs to be a joy to kick down the things that block us from being hospitable and welcoming. We have to have a rethink There are mindsets that are in the body of Christ today that have to be adjusted and kicked down and walls broken for us to be totally welcoming to all members of society so they can come in. And we have a hope of moving them closer to Jesus. If they cannot come because we don't welcome, how can we take them closer to the Jesus that's in us? They need to be pulled close. Jesus did it with the prostitutes. Jesus did it with the the guy, the short guy in the top of the tree that just didn't, He was wealthy and everyone didn't like him and he was the tax collector. Jesus drew him close and went to his house. We need to make people feel welcome. We need to show God's love in us. God built us and made us to be about community. So in this series, the writings on the wall, the very last week of that whole series will be the Comword community which is on the wall just right there that's the last one but we're not going to stand here and preach like I'm preaching on the word welcome this morning we're not going to do that this week this soft play August 13 to 18 is our community word we're going to get out into the community we're going to give a massive hug no expense is going to be spared reaching our community 3,000 people will come and we're going to bless them we're going to live it we're not going to just preach it. Is that all right? Do you know what? It's time for the church to stop being about just words 
and us actually put some action on that. And that's what we're going to do with this soft play cinema, with our community. Those kids that cry themselves to sleep are going to have the greatest week of holiday that they've ever had. How to be radically hospitable. What does it look like? It's more than a program. We cannot program this. We cannot just set up great programs. We can assist that way. It's an attitude. It's an attitude adjustment. The only person that can change your attitude is you. Our attitude towards welcoming people close to us. Our attitude as a, as a church is affected by each individual's attitude towards radical hospitality. We need to have an attitude that says, I welcome you. I will give you something, Nathan, that costs me. You're not just going to get the leftovers at the end of the day when I've worked and I've given everything else. You deserve better than that. I'm going to be hospitable towards you. We all need to work on this. I'm not perfect at this by any stretch of the imagination. But if we could just get a little push up the ladder this morning, I really think we're going to go places, particularly as we reach out into our community. It starts outside the four walls of the church. You have to be doing it at your home before you come here. Are you willing this morning, I wonder if the praise team could just take to the stage, are you willing to join with Com Church in being radical in our hospitality? Are we ready to welcome the unlovely in here, the person that maybe you don't want to sit next to, the person that perhaps doesn't look like you and certainly doesn't smell like you? Turn to your neighbour and say, oh, they're here this morning, actually. It's them. We have to... We have to, we have to do radical, radical hospitality. It's going to cost us. It's going to cost us greatly. I'm excited about it. Do I get a smile about this? Does this excite you? Does this sound like the Great Commission to you? Does this sound like what we're called to do in the Bible? It does to me. So I want us to stand the worship team. What was the song we were singing earlier? And it had the chorus about showing me to reach the people close. It was the one. Build my life. We're going to sing it again. Is that all right? So if um, we could have that again, why don't we all stand? I want to pray that we get just a fragment of this message today. I want you to practice it. You know, the, you can start with the people that are close. Start with the people that, you, that look like you and that, are, that we're used to. That's a great place to start. That's comfortable. We can all do that. We can all welcome people close that way. And then we're going to move on to making sure that we are a welcoming church, a hospitable church. Lord, I pray blessing on this church family of Com Church. Lord, first of all, I pray that you would just bless them wholeheartedly and it will be out of the overflow of your blessing that we find radical hospitality easy, that it becomes natural to us. Lord, I pray, God, that you would lay your hands. Lord, I pray that you'd call people up. This is a matter of calling. You are calling all of us. Lord, let us welcome the most needy in our community. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to the opportunities that already exist around us to be hospitable and welcoming. Lord, I pray that in this series, as we look at the fruits of these comrades in our lives, Lord, that they would grow and grow and grow. Your word says it's by, your, it's by our fruit that we're known.
It's by our fruit that we're known. No advertising campaign would be greater than every person in this place picking up the challenge of being radically hospitable. And Lord, I pray God for this blessing on our house today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.